But uh, are you ready to have a good ass show? I'm so ready for a good ass show. Cool. Yeah. All right, and here we are. We're we're back again. Mm-hmm. And it's another edition. It's another mm-hmm. episode of my show. And standing in the rain, with his head hung low, he couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold out show. That guy over there. He's he's of course talking about me, Alex. But but that guy over there, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, he he thought he passed his own shadow at the backstage door. It's that guy over there. Is Jake and I've got some more. It's another (laughs) episode. It's my show with Alex and Jake. We're very excited to be here. We've got some uh, some delicious content for you guys. Uh, Some some more things. Um, that not even Alex is ready for. I hit you last week with that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it again. He's not yeah. ready. He's not ready for it, folks. He he's not ready for another edition of of Alex's favorite uh, segment. Mm-hmm. Ask Alex. We're going back to the well for Ask Alex. That's awesome. Yes, yes, it is. But uh, before <laughs> we get to that, Alex, tell tell these people how to further engage with us on the internet. Dude, I mean, first off, get on the internet. That's a good way to start. Definitely step one. Um, But once you found yourself on the internet, then just, I mean, pop on over to to Instagram and search uh, Red Arrow Productions. That's us. Um, You could could find us on Facebook at Red Arrow Productions. You can find us at Twitter at Red Arrow P. You can find us on, on, I mean, anywhere podcasts are. You can search my show with Alex and Jake. And we're Uh, there. We're there. We're there. I mean, I mean, Patreon, if you want, if you want to interact with us on the level at which you get to decide what we say and what we talk about, go to the Patreon, choose a topic. That's a great way to, that's a great way to do it. Um, Give us some I money. mean, impactful panels, slide in the, slide in the DMS of impactful panels with some impactful panels of your own. You're out there reading some comic books, graphic novels, and, and something strikes you deep inside your soul. Send it over. We'll post it. We'll shout you out in the in the comments. It's it's gonna be great. Um, I mean, we got Red Arrow Deep South posting the funny memes and thoughts and everything that you know. Maybe maybe you can't get away with posting yourself because of certain uh, uh, restrictions in your life, but you can laugh along with us. You, can, you really can. You can laugh. You can check it out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's excellent. And and you know, I, I actually I wanted to touch back on this. I said something last week. I said that, you know, while we're doing this and we're doing this free, we're like the perpetual philanthropists. And I was mm-hmm. thinking later on in that day, man, what a great title for a song that would be. And just how like or or an album. I think that would be a great like a great song title. I agree. So yeah, I th- this is a little a little aside. Sorry. I, I little like aside. that. I thought I thought it would be a good song title. Yeah, hmm. but but uh, are you ready? Are you ready for Ask Alex? Um, hold on, let me get. Hold on. All right, so here we are. It's Ask Alex time, and Alex, okay. you have. Let me. Set, mm-hmm. I'm gonna set the. I'm gonna set the clock. You have two minutes. Oh 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 shit! This is like we're going full lightning. I mean, it's slow is, lightning, but like this is timed. Th- this is the thunder green lightning yellow round. Okay, okay, okay. So get yourself ready. All right. Alex Maxwell. 
Yes. You have two minutes to name as many U.S. presidents as you can. Go. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, uh, Washington, One. Adams, Lincoln, Madison, uh, Monroe, uh, Cleveland, uh, uh, Reagan, Bush, Bush, o- Obama, Trump, uh, Clinton, uh, uh, Ford, um, uh, uh, Nixon, uh, McKinley, um, uh, 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 dang it, man, I don't, uh, uh, Grant. Okay. Is another one, uh, technically. Uh, Buchanan. Um, I, I mean, You're wow. 17 right now. That's bad. Um, <laughs> uh, both Roosevelt's, boom, 19. Um, uh, uh, Eisenhower. Okay. Uh, so that's 20, I think. Yep, you're at 20 um, right now. Bam! Wow, this is I'm so terrible at this. <laughs> you weren't see this. You weren't ready. You're at one minute. You know, wow. sixty seconds remaining. I I I don't I uh uh. You're missing uh, some huge ones. Uh, William Henry Harrison. Uh, I mean, not uh, huge, but yeah. Taft. All right. Um. Uh. Uh. uh I wow. I feel forty seconds. <laughs> I feel like I should. I'm wow. This is embarrassing. You're 22. Terrible. Um, uh, I, I, you're I, almost I'm, halfway there with 30 yeah, seconds I'm, remaining. Uh, dude, I am, I am blinking so hard right now on like everything else ever of all time. 15. The Jackson. Okay. Uh, uh, not Benjamin Franklin. Technically a correct answer. <laughs> Technically uh, correct. But I am also not Benjamin Franklin. I am not a president. Three seconds. I, yeah, Time. I, All right. So I am going to give you two counts for Cleveland because he was he does represent two offices since he you know there was a president between his his terms. Wilson. Yeah. So that brings now that does not eh, does not count. No play. But no, no but play. That's the thing. Is is. Is did they count Cleveland twice? I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and they have him as 22 and 24. Okay, so I didn't know if they were like, "All right, yeah, yeah, you're still you're still just the 22nd president of the United States well, there, again." Well, but yeah, well, the he well he that would make him the 24th because that there was a 23rd. Right, but the total the the total number of individuals who had been president did not go up by one. That, I see what you're saying. Now he he's 22 That's what I'm and 24. So, um, fair enough. What like I you did pretty well. Not I'm not bad. I think you I would imagine you did better than average. Um, you missed mm-hmm. Truman, which was a surprise. Okay, that's fair. I fist, I fucking miss Carter. God you, damn it. You miss Carter. You want to you want to know which one you miss? It's really gonna piss you off. Kennedy. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> did you get Nixon? I don't remember if you got I Nixon. I did say Nixon. You, I did you say got, Nixon. You missed Carter. You got every... Okay, so check this out. This is what's really funny to me. You got Nixon, Ford, uh-huh. Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. Yeah. And in the middle there, you missed Carter. Like, the one... <laughs> like, the one that you missed was Carter. And he's, like, the one that's most lovable out of that entire group. Damn it. Oh, that's not a, frustrating. 20, 24 out of forty out of forty five. Not a not a bad score, I will say. Oh 
Fair enough. Dang. Dang it. So, do you want to tell these people why we're what the main event is? Why we're really here today? Is it? The, it I, 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 just to verify, so I don't speak out of turn. We got pretty heated about this pre-show, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and, and we're sticking to the plan. It's. It was. It's. It's not good. It's not good. It's yeah. not a good. I'm. It's not. Huh. The, it's not the best idea we've ever had, but it's definitely not the worst. We're basically. Here's 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 the deal. Both yeah. Alex and I are in a serious creative rut. Um, yeah. I don't like to call it writer's block because I, I feel like anytime someone like can't think of a name, they call it writer's block. You know what I mean? Right. They're like, right, right. oh no, Joe, Joe, what though? Oh, I have writer's block. I can't write anymore. Yeah, that's not a thing. Uh, yeah, that, that's not writer's block. Uh, name him Joe, last name, and keep writing. Yeah, I. The, so much of what I do when I write is a working title and working everything. It's just like, whatever. Yes. It, it, I'll figure it out later. Like, that's not important right now. Um, but yeah, so we're both in a creative rut. So we thought if we got together uh, on the show, maybe mm-hmm. maybe try to, to bring our, our energy to it. Maybe we could work ourselves out of this creative rut uh, yes. and do it do it in front of y'all. So yeah. uh, so yep. here, here we are trying to trying to be creative once again. Yeah, um, once again. Once again. Um but yeah, so I wanted to all start with the idea I floated at you this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's related to a story that we're we're off and on working on. Off and on working on. And is that is that the title of the I episode? didn't want to name it already, but that sure feels like it. That's 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 <laughs> That's definitely that's definitely contender number one. Yeah, there we go. That's but, good. So we've it's a zombie story, and, and yep. with mo- and with most zombies, you need to find a way to keep the zambinos interesting. And Correct. One of the things that I thought of, and I immediately thought of timeline because you're like, well, Z- zombies are going to are going to rot, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Well, what if they were? What if it's like day two? So here's my idea, and I'm going to posit yes. my idea to you. As similarly as I can without looking at my cell phone. Okay. So, so, two days after the big zombie outbreak happens, right? Yes. We realize that we've got to get power back on. And in the Northeast, we'll call it Boston, we realize that if we activate this nuclear power plant, we can, we can relight Boston and we can get medical help to people. We can, we can restart building society and all that. All we have to do is go to this nuclear power plant and flip the switch. I mean, it's not that simple. I don't, it, not my nuclear submarine. I don't know, but <laughs> not my nuclear submarine. Not my problem. Not my problem. <laughs> not, my, not my nuclear submarine. Whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, and so when they get there, they face irradiated zombies because since they're dead, the radiation catches with them sooner. Okay. And so now you're dealing with an irradiated zombie, which is going to cause you to be radioactive in addition to being zombified. So my, 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 my honest and, and truthful first thought to what you just said is that I think the motivation for going to the nuclear power plant should be the exact opposite of what you just said. Interesting. To turn the, they- to turn the power off? Yes, they should be that I feel like the government would be concerned that if they left the nuclear power plant running unchecked, eventually they'd have some sort of a core meltdown or something that could cause an even greater nuclear catastrophe on top of dealing with the Zambambos already. 
And so they're sending in a team thinking that they could they can supply the the big pockets of of the population with power through other means, whether it's just the coal power plants or water, so whatever else is already in place. And so they need to go and turn off, shut down, safely shut down the nuclear power plants so that way they don't go unchecked or out of control. And in that, they that's where they would run into these irradiated uh, Zamos, Zambambos, zombies, Zimbus, Zambalambas. Zambonis. Um. <laughs> that's okay. First off, an irradiated Zamboni is scary as hell. So. Yeah, I mean, that's just a regular Zamboni that's got some uranium on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still running. I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I'm running and probably faster than a Zamboni. I've been to a lot of hockey games. I've still never seen a Zamboni peel out, and that makes me mad. That's true. That's and they're on ice. Yeah, like what do you and you're cleaning you're you're fixing the ice that you're screwing up anyway. Don't give me this nonsense that oh, it's bad for the ice, it's bad for the tires. It's ice. Ice. Uh, you know, like penguins and eskimos and ice. Ice. <laughs> yes. Uh but yeah, I I I do like that. That's I mean that's not a I, it's certainly, I mean, I don't, I don't hate my idea, but I mean, no, I do I, like, I like that because you can work around it and you could, you could turn it off and still, like you said, you could power the major infrastructure of a major city like Boston through other means. And for those who, who don't completely know kind of the story that we're going with, we, we've essentially built a story where zombies are real. Everybody knows that zombies exist and so when a zombie outbreak happens, we react as though we know what zombies are and it's not a first-time occurrence in, in our universe. Right. Well, it's, we, it's, I mean, it's a first-time occurrence, but it's not a first-time idea, right? Like, this is taking place right now. If in 2018 a zombie apocalypse happened, the mass public of America, 370 million people, know what a zombie is, right? Right. It's Walking like, it's dead, like if, if there was a war movie and we had never been to war. Right. Exactly. That's, that's a, a, like, that's just a ridiculous thing. So we're going to, we're going to set it in a world where, uh, a, a couple, a, a few of the, 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 the main characters have actually been kind of facetiously prepping for a zombie apocalypse. A couple of, couple of brothers and a group of friends and stuff have been, you know, jokingly uh training and, and acquiring kind of weapons and materials and supplies like oh check out this new machete i got it's strong enough that it could blah 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 a mach-, you know and they can compare it to how they would use it in a zombie apocalypse even though they know a zombie apocalypse is never going to happen ever but, th- but then it does but then it does and, and they're ready and, and they're ready <laughs> they they get back and they're just like i got him i got a machete cuz i'm ready <laughs> like part of part of for me what plays into wanting to turn the nuclear power off right is that you could you could extend that timeline you were talking about into into a long enough timeline where a, like a irradiation could have happened but the the zombie itself would not have decayed beyond you know beyond the point of 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 functionality right so instead of it being two days and we've got to turn it back on it could be a month after this whole thing where the military has has maybe been able to fortify certain pockets of of 
salvation and civilization and stuff to, to save people. And then a, a secondary like realization is, oh crap, we don't have a team of scientists running the nuclear power plant anymore. That's like, bad. <laughs> that's not a cool situation to be in. So then they put together the little task force, a little squadron of guys, 12 dudes, whatever, go in. And that's when they realize like, oh, that's that's the same zombie that we saw outside, only its eyes are green because it's it's nuclear. That sucks. That's bad. <laughs> and then they have to they you know, then you could you could focus an entire I, I don't know, you might be able to get multiple multiple issues out of that story arc of them trying to re like adapt and re replan according to act, like actual nuclear zombies. Well, I, I think one of the things that we've run into and, and we run into a lot with the stories that we have is we know the beats, like we know the main, like the big part, the big things that are going to happen. Yes. Like for, for lack of a better term, like with Doc, the, the mob, the mob doctor story that we're working on, we know that at some point a wedding has to happen. Correct. We know at some point a heist has to happen, yes. but there's a passage of time between the heist and the wedding that matters and there needs to be something that's going on there. And that's one of the things that we've been really working on is trying to find that in between. Correct. And, and that's yeah. something, that's something that's, that's tough. Like coming up with a finish isn't difficult. Like we can write the end of a story. It's everything from the beginning to the end that we need to know. Yeah. That, that like I I'll be, I'll be, you know, and maybe we've discussed it a little bit before, but you know that I'm, I'm the guy who wants stories to end and, and historically you've been the guy who wants to build that ongoing franchise that we could just churn out issue after issue, story after story and keep it going and make a, a billion dollars, right? Like Robert Kirkman style, Walking Dead, right? It's been going for 14 years. That sounds amazing to me, but my brain can't wrap my head around it not ending, right? So I'm good at how it starts. And I'm pretty good at how it ends. And I struggle to connect those two things. And we get some beats in the middle, right? We're like, hey, it'd be cool if, you know, we got a team of five kids who want to plan for a zombie apocalypse that they know is never going to happen. All right, beat one, it happens. Beat two, uh, somebody dies. Beat three, they have to break into their own school. Uh, beat four, uh, all the zombies go away and the world is saved. Cool. Um, now, now we have to connect those in a believable fashion, and that's you know I, we commonly text each other and say, "Hey, I got a really idea, a good idea for a scene." Right. Well, the uh, the, the interesting thing I, I think uh, it's it's funny like the way you do things. You are very beginning, middle, and end. Like this yeah. is the beginning of it. This is the middle of it. This is how it ends. Mm -hmm. Whereas. And, and that's how you write. You write from start to finish. When you do things, you, you start at the beginning and you work your way to the end. Yeah. I work completely the opposite way, whereas I will write a paragraph and then jump three pages down and write another paragraph. Essentially yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I, I take moments in time and I write them irrespective of where they're going to go in the plot. Right. And I think it works well for us because, you know, the yin and the yang, but at the same time, like it can, I know at least for me, it's like, okay, well, yeah, but what's, what's the payoff or what's, you know, why essentially. Right. 
Right. And I'm like, I, you, you, you'll give me, you'll give me this great idea for, for like a doc storyline. You'd be like, Hey, how about this really cool thing where this happens and this happens and then doc has to save this guy. And I'm like, that is an amazing idea. But how does it fit in with the 15 other great ideas that we've had over the last six months? I'm like, it doesn't have to fit. <laughs> You're like, we'll, we'll, we'll make it fit. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm trying to do. How does it fit? Ah. Like, but it's just an issue. It just starts and then it ends at the end. The, the one thing that you've said that, <laughs> that blows my mind, and I don't know, I, like... I think it's the Marvel school of doing things where they essentially say, here's the script, write it. And uh, yeah, it is Marvel. So because like John Romita Jr. being the artist that he is, reads the script and knows what he needs to do to get people to turn the page. Yep. And that's something And like when you said that to me, like it completely messed with my ability to write a script for comics because I was constantly thinking about, well, how do I get into the next page? Like, what makes this ah. person want to turn to the next page? And so that's what I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start writing. I'm just going to start writing prose. I'm just going to start writing stories. <laughs> and Alex can, Alex can storyboard this shit. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I'll, I'll write a comic. And, and in my head, it's, it's a... It's like a, it's like a, it's, it's like a, a snapshot, right? Imagine when, when you, when you're on Instagram and somebody posts like the 10 pictures and you got to swipe to the right, or I guess you're swiping to the left. Anyway, you, you scroll, you're scrolling through their 10 pictures and, and generally speaking, you're, you're looking at like what they consider the 10 most important pictures of the, of the afternoon, of the weekend, of their vacation, Right. And that's, that's how I, that's how I try to write is like, I know that when it comes to comic books, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's wasted energy in my brain to write it long form. And that it's like, as Alex walks into the kitchen, he, he gingerly prances to the refrigerator and swings the door open. It's like, no, Alex is in the kitchen. Boom. That's one snapshot. I need a picture that portrays to the reader that the dude is in a kitchen. Awesome. Now he's going to open the door because I need for the story to continue. He has to find out he's out of mustard. Cool. <laughs> have him have, have a, have a picture of him with the door like open. And now we can subframe within that frame of uh, the, the shelf in the door and it's empty. And now there's a text. That's the thought bubble is overlaid on top of that. Fuck. I'm out of mustard. Cool. We're done with those two frames. I need I need not explain anything more because in the third frame, he's already in his car. Because you know, as as a person, if you were out of mustard, the next thing you would do is grab your car keys, walk down the stairs, get in your car. So I don't need to show you him grabbing his car keys or the stairs. But you need to know he ended he did end up at his car. He didn't pick the bike this time, you know. Yeah, and, and, and so but you see the I, funny thing for me is that it's important for me to know that he did get his keys and went downstairs because I'm building, I'm building the world in my head, right? Like, right. does he live in a townhouse? Does he live in an apartment? Does he live in a house? Does he you know, like, and so for me, because I need to keep these things consistent throughout the story, like right. in my brain. And so I'm like, okay, so if he has to get his keys, where does he keep his keys? He keeps his keys on the sofa table next to the door. Okay. So he had to reach down and pick up his keys off of the sofa table by the door, which is underneath the mirror, which is across. So for me, I have to write out all these things as I'm thinking them. (laughs) 
Right. Even though there's there's a solid chance that the artist isn't going to draw any of that ever. Right. And but I don't, that and mirror that's exists. The mirror exists. The the king will play. The king will play, and that's it. it that actually kind of. Um, I don't know if you are familiar or remember the movie Collateral, with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx and the and they were in the the taxi. Yes, I don't remember that movie at all. Actually, fair enough. Uh, Michael Mann was the director of that movie, and evidently, I I, I caught uh, like a behind the scenes type thing randomly. I I didn't I didn't go out of my way to watch it. It was on TV or something. One of those like FX behind the movies thing where they're playing the movie, and then in the commercial break, they try to tell you cool trivia. Well, one of it was a, was like an interview with, with Tom Cruise, and he was discussing the way Michael Mann directs a movie is that he has what you're describing, an entire backstory for the character that is never once referenced or brought up or, or shown or anything to the audience at all. But... Tom Cruise and Michael Mann, while filming that movie, had like an entire like sit down dinner privately where Michael Mann told his told Tom Cruise the character's entire backstory. When he was six years old, his mother and father got divorced and he had to move with his mother to Indiana where he went to a small town farm school. But that was boring because, you know, he was he was mad about and he just broke it all the way down. And then you go into the movie and Tom Cruise is a hitman who gets in the back of a taxi, drives around the town, kills a couple of people, gets in a fight with Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx wins, movie's over. Never a, wants to talk yeah, about Indiana. Yeah, a coyote at one point. Yeah, that just runs across a freeway. It's super artistic for a, a, a reasonably unartistic movie. It was like it was a really good action movie, and I generally don't think of those as like art movies. And then all of a sudden he stops. And he goes eye to eye with a coyote and some trash goes across a freeway or an alleyway or something. And the coyote just kind of trots away. And you're like, yeah, those two got each other in that moment. What? What? Like they understand. Jamie Foxx, go save Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, you are wasting time. Like, you, you got to go. It's like, but, but the, that coyote had my soul. He had my soul. But that's that's like... That's where, like, like that's the level Jake is on when he's writing a story. Right, exactly. And it's not important I'm, to I'm, me that you know what the backstory is. It's important <laughs> that I know what the backstory is. Right. And I'm just trying, like, I, I, I almost struggle now to write in, in like, a normal prose fact. I can't. Like, I don't, I almost don't want to. Like, I would love so much more to write scripts for for comic books and like screenplays for movies where i can tell you what like needs to happen and an artist or a director or an actor can figure out how right like all i need to know is that he's out of mustard because getting to the grocery store is where he's going to meet his love interest so there go okay you know what I find interesting is that, like, I, I find that we always we always try to take the piss out of like exposition and stuff, but then we realize how important exposition is. Mm-hmm. But it's just it, being smart about it, and it's so like, and, and to that to that point, I, I kind of wanted to bring up the other idea I had, 
where yes. it's, uh, you know, the difference is, you, and, and to this extent, you're establishing some set of morality with these people. Um, Correct. Because the, the, eldest, uh, the eldest of the five, the, going back to the zombie story, sorry for those Zam of you. Zambambos, yes. Who, for those of you who aren't used to my, my crash booking brain. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I, we're back to the zombies. But mm-hmm. I, I had this idea because, you know, in, this, in a zombie apocalypse, you're trying to rebuild society. I was like, what's the difference between looting and scavenging in that sort of scenario? And I had to... I, I'd like, wow. I Sorry, keep think, going. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. I was like, is there a difference? And then I thought about it. And to me, I thought, well, scavenging would be like getting food and getting stuff that you need to survive. But looting would be taking things that you could profit off of or make or bet, not necessarily better yourself or help yourself survive, but like like better yourself at the cost of someone else's hardship. You know, what? does that make sense? What I'm getting at? It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's it one. One is survival. The other is is taking advantage. Right. Like there's it's it's one thing. You know what I mean? Like like. You know, we've seen riots happen in America, and then there's always the shots. You know, there there was like uh, the shots of people. You 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 see guys grabbing TVs. Well, you didn't. That's not a thing. That's you taking advantage of the fact that the store owner is scared and not in his store anymore, yeah. and so you could grab a 32 inch TV and run away, right? Where you you we've also seen. You know, you you've got the the flip side of that is like. In, in certain movies and stuff like that, where you you go in, you see these characters, you know, in The Walking Dead or something. They go into a, an old Walmart and it's torn apart. Nobody's there except for a couple of, of zombies, and they're just they're just hoping that they can find just one more can of refried beans. Like, please, please let let us let us have like like let us find out that we forgot a, a, a thing of peanut butter because they need it to survive and like scavenging i think plays right back into like the animalistic side of it of like scavenger coyotes are are just looking for something to eat because they live you know one meal at a time they just they just have to get to the next one Uh, and they're scavenging it's my my classic refrain right there's no law in the jungle you gotta survive (laughs) you gotta Gotta survive. survive But yeah, like, I mean, this is like, it's a little bit, it, it helps because like, these are, I've actually had a couple, you know, half boiled ideas. And this is like, as far as they've gotten in my brain, like many people who know me know I'm working on a book, uh, mm-hmm. a novel, Mr. Foster is a working title. Um, and for some reason, like I, there's one scene that's in my head that just won't leave. And it's a scene where the father of the main character punches an owner of a professional football franchise in the face in the face in, in the, the face in the face with a fist and <laughs> and I, it's very important <laughs> it's like the highest point of crisis in the book well to that mm-hmm. point and i can't write it like i know why? that he i know that he gets punched in the face i don't know why I don't know what happens after that. I don't know why he's even there, why they're in the same room. Like, I kind of do. I kind of know that, you know, he's getting banned from the stadium and he gets punched in the face. But, like, I don't, like, I I can't put that into words. So, like, I'm so, struggling to put that into, a, into like, into words. 
So like, even so as I say it, I can't put it together. <laughs> what if? What if? Okay, let's 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 break it down. It's time to brainstorm. Ready? So my and 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 you know it's the same. It's the same. Go we'll ducks. explain it. Skoducks. We will. I'll explain it out loud for the listener, even though you and I have this understanding, right? We we bounce ideas off of each other all the time, and it's ninety nine percent of the time it's never because the idea one of us presents is bad, right? It's just I'm you say something, I'm gonna say something else, and we see where it goes, right? It's free form discussion, and and a lot of it is uh, to see how much we believe in our idea. That too, there's a lot of challenging that happens whenever an idea is brought to the table between the two of us. Where I'll say, "Hey, what if this?" and you go, "Yeah." Well, what about this? And I go, no, 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 that can't happen because if you go, ah, you have thought this through. Keep going. Yeah, that like, happens continue, all the time. Continue. But I'm, I'm imagining, right, and, and having a little, a, a slightly more intimate knowledge of, of the story you're referring to, Mr. Foster, than the listener does. Um, what, what if, and it, you can relate it back to real life, actual real life events that have been going on the last couple of years in the NFL, right? What if? The, the the altercation between the dad and the owner comes because when the son is in his pre-draft interviews, inappropriate questions are asked of his son. And he gets mad, be, acting as, as his agent or his manager or something. He's a big part of it, it's right? A, he yeah, plays but in. The, I, there's all, the problem is, is that this happens later like this isn't like the first day they get there and like they immediately hate each other like this is this is a couple years down the road like they've this this relationship has was while never good has certainly soured to this point now let me let me ask you this question why is it so important to the story that the the why is it important to the story that the punch is what gets him kicked out of the stadium and and why is it so important that the punch can't be the reason that the sourness starts? Uh, because it needs to happen during contract negotiations. Pre-draft, pre-draft interviews are contract negotiations. It needs to be the second negotiation. What if he punches him twice? The, the, an, um, a billionaire owner would have a restraining order against any person who punched him in the face. I see. And, and, and that's my first thought, too. When I asked the question, that's where my brain went. And then my brain thought of something like Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones seems like the, the, the cocky some bitch that would not only get punched in the face by, by a, 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 a potential draftee's dad, right? Still believe in that player enough to draft him. Try to make amends with the father because that's that's what the good old boys do, right? I'm Jerry Jones. I'm better than you. And then gets punched again. Boom, banned from the stadium. You can never come out, and I'm going to cut your son. I, I disagree. Jerry Jones is a chicken shit heel. <laughs> you think? I do. Through and through. I guarantee you he, he, play, he would play the never come back to my stadium again. Like, who do you think you are coming into my off? Like, cause again, it's all about status with these people, right? Like That's true. <clears throat> I would imagine, I don't know. I don't know any NFL owners, but I imagine that if you went into an NFL owner's office and punched him in the face, you're not going to get a second chance to ever be in that room ever again. What if, Ooh, ho, ho, this is probably also a terrible idea, which I'm totally fine with. What if, what if during the pre-draft negotiations and interviews and all of that stuff, right? 
something bad happens and it makes Mr. Foster mad. So he like tries to fight the owner, but security gets involved and, and being like, it's kind of brushed off, right? Like it's the way nobody would be surprised if LeVar Ball tried to rush you know, Jerry Buss or whatever, right? Like, you'd be like, oh, what? Oh, it's LeVar being LeVar. Good thing security was there. And everybody would kind of move on. But then three, four, five years later, contract negotiations sour. And that's when dad does get the fucking boom that connects with the right hook. And so the, 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 the relationship starts on a sour note because the owner already knows dad wants to fight him. But the player is so good that they're willing to just make this work. Uh, even and st- then, if, if you uh, let me ask you a question as a person. Yeah. All right. So all things can, all things on the table, all things considered. Yeah. If let's say, for instance, my son is coming to play for your football team. Yeah. And you know, and, and remember, put yourself. Don't don't just be Alex here. Be Alex, the NFL owner. Damn straight. So Alex, the I NFL convinced owner, the Packers to let me buy them, by the way, they're no longer a publicly owned company. I bought them under a clause that the team would never be moved. That happened. Keep going. Fair. So anyway, <laughs> I, you know, for a fact, and I've said in the press and I've said everywhere, when I see Alex Maxwell, I'm going to punch him in the mouth and you can print that. Mm-hmm. Are you going to let me in the building? Are you going to let me get close to punching you in the mouth ever? So my, my, my absolute first thought as, as a billionaire owner is, is this guy serious? Not, and not in a questioning way, in a very sarcastic and dismissive way. Is this guy fucking serious? You see, but for me, I, I would imagine that, uh, a, a team has vetted you know enough information into these these picks that they know about this entire history. They know that the father has a, a history of flying off at the on the at the handle. You know they know that he's a hothead and that he has caused problems and that there was a fight in high school that he you know he's and Jack Foster is a man of his word and he says that very specifically. I'm gonna you know I'll punch you in the mouth. You're not going to let him near you. Why does he want to punch me? What did I do that makes Jack Foster want to punch me? I see. This is like, this is why the renegotiation is so important because, Mm -hmm. because he feels he has a bargaining chip. He feels like he's getting screwed. He's like, you're underpaying him for what he's done for this franchise. Right. You don't have that bargaining chip when you're a 22 year old rookie. That's why the renegotiation is so important. Also, it ties into a larger theme within the book that I can't give away without giving away too much of the plot. But at the at the at the same time, what what, what I'm what I'm looking for is is there's it, it's absolutely irrational, even for an irrational character that you as you've created in Jack Foster to want to punch an owner in a face because his son is still in a rookie contract, right? So, so why, what, what's, what's the real reason that Jack is trying to punch owner Alex Maxwell in the face? I don't, I don't really follow your line of questioning. That seems like if someone who's, who's flying off the handle, that seems like the exact reason they'd, they'd punch somebody in the face. No, no, no. Because, because in, in, in the way I, the way I look at it is, is, uh, like if I'm, if I'm 
the 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 father of a of a you know a rookie. My my rookie son came in and took your two and two and fourteen franchise and turned him into a ten and six franchise who who just missed the playoffs because of tiebreakers. But in his second season, gets you to a a conference championship game. In his third season, he wins the Super Bowl. So your fourth season gets you back to a Super Bowl. We're going into the contract negotiations now, right? Right. I, I the whole that whole time those four years, I'm not I'm not creating a chip on my shoulder because my son's underpaid. I'm telling the media how he's about to be overpaid because this is the best quarterback in the league. They're, they'd be stupid not to. Re- he better get two hundred million dollars. This my boy's my boy's a fifty million dollar a year quarterback. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change the we're gonna set records. We're gonna change the world. I'm not mad. I'm cocky as hell. And when you're cocky and you're gloating, you're not trying to punch anybody. Yeah, but so I, but the 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 backlash could the backlash could come where the owner has stated in the press. No quarterback is worth $50 million. There's absolutely no way that we're going to pay Nick Foster that kind of money. He's a middle-of-the-road quarterback who rode on the back of a, of a, of a strong defense and a decent run game, blah, blah, blah. And is, it is now actively taking shots back at the quarterback. Not the dad, the quarterback. I, that's, that's not the way a franchise would act. The, in, in, the, in the modern world of, of public relations, there's no way in hell that someone's going to come out and say that the starting quarterback of their team is middle of the road and that they are lucky to be there. So wouldn't you want to punch that guy in the face if he did say it? But he wouldn't. That's not, that's not a real situation. That wouldn't happen. I don't... I, what, 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 what I see from this side is you, you, you are fully vested in watching... An, a billionaire get punched in the face by a dad, but you 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 don't have a you don't have a why. You have a need. For I, it. I do have a why. I can't tell you the why because we're on the air. <laughs> well, then I can't help you. Well, then I guess you can't, can you? <laughs> and also, you could tell the why. You could. Yeah, I could, and then I would Come just on. stop writing my book because then there'd be no point. Your book's better than that. Come on. Oh, if if, I, I don't, if the, I'm not if trying the to entire to crux of the story is given away before it's even written, then what's the point of writing it? Why don't I just tell the story? That's what writing is. You tell the story. I don't know. Man. I, I I'm not trying to convince you to tell the story. Don't don't tell anybody the story. That's not that's not what I meant. I meant like like I mean I we we read two we read two full issues of of Power Tech on the air right where we we've completely spoiled those those. But, I, those that's issues not for seventeen. That's not at all the same. Thing. No, 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 no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. And we've we've previously discussed right that we we're we 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 we've got such good ideas right. We're confident that we could. I'm not telling. Don't tell the story. I don't want you to. I'm pretty sure that I kind of I've kind of have pieced stuff together from our previous conversations. I could get to it. I was just trying to 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 pivot a different way and see if it could work. It doesn't work. That's totally fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, it doesn't hurt my feelings when your great story isn't made better by my mediocre ideas. <laughs> Trust me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the work as you are, but I'm familiar enough to know that it's better than I am. Trust me. But you, fl- you flatter me. I don't, I don't think that you in the future with any idea that you have should ever be concerned that, that telling 
any part of the plot or storyline is going to ruin the event for anybody listening. I, you see, I, I come from the school that you play things close to the vest and, you know, if you tell, if you tell two, two people a secret, then you can trust one person, yourself. Yourself. No, that's, that's fair. And I, I, I totally understand that mindset. I just think, like, I, knowing, knowing the people that I know who do listen to our show, they would be stoked to hear it and they'd still buy your book. Yeah, but that's because they already know me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the listener does like Jake. That's they, they will they will buy the book because they're like, oh, they did something for a change. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I take it back. They wouldn't buy the book. They'd be like, so the publisher gave you like a hundred copies to give out, right? So I get one of those. Yeah, no, you can buy. The I don't book, have like... to go to Barnes and Noble, do I? You're like, yes. I would love it if you. I would love it if it was in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like I would love it if you could go to Barnes and Noble and get it. In fact, you know, the last time I was in Barnes and Noble, I took a copy of my book and I left it there. Somebody's trying to give it back, and you requested it be alphabetized. Exactly. <laughs> it's T for Tabor. T, T for for Tabor. Uh, put, put although... it under put it under classic literature, please. Thank you. <laughs> classic literature. <laughs> It's like, oh man, that's that's hilarious. They're like, you're like going down, and they're like, Mister Foster, what? Huh? What's this <laughs> this like, doesn't even have an ISBN number on it. This is such an interesting story, huh? This reminds me of something I've read before. <laughs> I'm just uh. imagining some some like. Like, like, like bougie person who's so, so just, just, uh, culturally, uh, in touch with the world. Well, they're woke. Just being so blissfully unaware that you're like, they think they're discovering the new, ha, have you guys ever read Tabor? It's a, have you read? No, no, no. You, you're already, you're already goofing. You see the, the pseudo intellectual would horribly mispronounce my name. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like everybody else does. Tabor. <laughs> Tabor. He's Tabor. French. He's French. I'm like, no, I'm I... not. <laughs> hey, who said I was French out here? <laughs> it's Tabor. No, it's not. It's Tabor. And it's not classic literature, you moron. It's just sports fiction, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it, lamp, it lights a lamp. It's a lamp lighter. <laughs> Dude, that is amazing. I, Alex, if, if, you know, this book ever gets like a cover, you know, it actually becomes like a physical book instead yes. of just like an ebook. Um, I need a quote from you on the back that just says, it lights the lamp, period. It's a lamp lighter. Alex Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's amazing. They're like, who's first off? Who's Alex Maxwell? So, no, first of all, who's, who's the lamplighter? So, first of all, who's Jake Tabor? Second of all, who's Alex Maxwell? Third of all, why are they lighting lamps? There's not a lamp in this book. Kevin, so Kevin Smith did 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 Red State, right? Which right. I I still think is his best film, and like two thirds of the cast he had for Red State were all also signed on. Uh, picked up for Argo or Ar yeah Argo the the Affleck film and so 
Kevin Smith at that time was still in in a reasonable amount of you know a, a reasonable amount of contact with Ben Affleck and was just like, hey man, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know take my whole cast, haha, funny funny like uh, inside joke, cool. Like, can I get a quote you know for my movie? You know, we could put it on the on the posters and stuff. Ben Affleck says this is a triumphant film, something, and he goes, yeah yeah yeah, I'll give you a quote. Um, Red State has an amazing cast. that's that's a great that's so affleck dude that's like it's knowing what i know of their friendship and their relationship like that absolutely does not surprise me and and kevin smith eventually got some some actual quote from him for the movie of like oh it's a, a wonderful film that i enjoyed wholeheartedly something stupid like that but his first his first like email response type thing was something along the lines of like, I really enjoyed the cast or great casting choices. And this shit. <laughs> that's hilarious. So the funniest quotation I've ever, ever seen on a book is, was on the back of wall and peace. It was uh, a table, a coffee table book uh, that was just kind of about Banksy and the, the art that he slash they have done. Um, I say they because the new theory is that there's more than one Banksy. Um, anyway, the the back of the book has a quote, and it says, There is no way in hell we're going to give you a quote for your book. The London Metropolitan Police. <laughs> there is no way in hell we're going to give you and it's it may like the wording may be off. I mean, the book's out there, so someone's going to tell me I'm wrong. But that's the yeah. that's the flavor of the comment that they got. There's no way in hell we're going to give you a quote for your book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Banksy, you guys are hilarious. Y- y'all are funny. But <laughs> where do you where do you land on the, the the Shakespeare theory that there that he was that quote unquote he was actually like uh, potentially like thirteen different writers. I I think that as someone who has a large a a, a wide swath of interests mm-hmm. um and having read as much Shakespeare as I have I mean I'm I'm by no means am I a bloom or anyone of of that ilk um but I I tend to believe that Shakespeare was one person uh just because like things feel a certain way you know it's mm-hmm. like you can you can write like you could write something word for word that i told you verbatim but it still wouldn't feel like it was your work unless you wrote it do you know does that make it like it's hard to explain does that make any sense or is it like am i speaking voodoo uh i i would i'm gonna venture to guess that that was complete voodoo to the listener but i've talked to jake enough to know what you meant <laughs> yeah you, you've talked to me enough i to know, know your voodoo yeah, <laughs> you, the voodoo I do so well. Um, no, what I mean by that, and I'll try to explain, I'll try to get into my own brain and try to pull out uh, what I'm trying to say. Um, what you say, I, I guess, the what you write, the words that you use, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the idea that I would give you to write would just be executed differently. So you're so so in in the context of Shakespeare, right? Let's say you're writing Hamlet, right? And you have the idea for Othello, and you look at me and say, "Hey, man, I have this really really great idea. 
this is what this is Othello. You go write that down while I finish this, but make sure that you write it the way I'm writing this one. And Ex- you're telling me that they wouldn't, they can't match up because it's two different people. That's that's the crux of what I'm getting at. Gotcha. Like if I laid out if I laid out play by play Othello to you, you yep. could not write Othello for me the way I would write Othello. Even now, if I told you every single part of that story. I I would I would uh I would venture to to attempt to explain it in a different way in that it's not about me writing Othello the way you would write Othello, because in this instance, you're not writing Othello. I have to write Othello the way you wrote Hamlet. Right. Because the, 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 the emotions and everything you're talking about are the same throughout all of his plays, which I, is where you struggle. I, to, I, yeah, you know, that and... You see what I'm saying? Also, like, a lot of his plays just weren't that good. Like, sim- simply put, like, there's a lot of Shakespeare that's not good at all. Um, and, and to that extent, I mean, that, that tells me in and of itself, like if every play that Shakespeare wrote was a banger, I would think it was multiple people, but the fact that I'm, <laughs> I'm looking, you use the term banger, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but like, if everything he wrote was, was fantastic, then yeah, absolutely. I say, well, yeah, there's no way one person can get everything right. But when I go through and I read my, my complete works and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the worst play I've ever read or this sonnet is terrible or, you know, whatever. That leads me to believe because, you know, just like just like us, we don't always have the right idea. Clearly, I mean, Shakespeare didn't always have the right idea. Not everything he did was a master work. And to like you don't you don't compile the greatest hits of Shakespeare. You say, well, here's here's Shakespeare's body of work. The thing is, is most people actually do only compile the greatest hits of Shakespeare. <laughs> and, and they, like, I, I realized that when I said it, and at the same, I realized that I was, in, I was talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. You're right. When you go through the complete works, at, you know, the anthology, right? Like, we take it back. You, you don't like the Beatles. You're not a fan. I understand that. But when I, like, as a person who thought he was a fan of the Beatles, I got their anthology and realized that there was a period of time where they did too many drugs and their music wasn't good. Exactly. So then I went back and just continued to listen to Beatles 1, which is their, whatever, 29 number one hits, and was like, oh, here's the Beatles that I like. 37 for, for the fact-checking. I'm going to check 37? that again because I'm pretty sure Elvis is 37 because I bought the Elvis 1 album, and I think that was 37. I thought the Beatles were 20-something, but how you... How many might... Beatles number one? Yeah, how many? 17. Uh, well, then, there's got to be more, because is there only... Look up, look up the actual track list for Beatles 1. I, I'm looking at it. Oh, it's only 17? Yeah. I thought it hit the 20s. Uh-uh. No, I, remember no, that, I just remember that album being longer. Well, it's, yeah, because all their songs are like 14 minutes long. Not those early ones. Yeah, love the, Me Do love is, me like, is like 38 like, seconds. <laughs> I got, do you know what a Love Me Do is? We may have talked about this on the show. I may have brought this up already. No, the, like you mean the term Love Me Do? Yes. No, I don't know what that... I learned this from uh, Cool 99.1 in Eugene, Oregon. Hell yeah. So they, they, they told me, you know, this is back in the day when we still had uh, radio jockeys. They're like, mm-hmm. a Love Me Do was a haircut that you would get so a certain girl would find you attractive. 
So that's lit like that's literally finding out that a girl likes Justin Bieber and you cut your hair like Justin Bieber so she looks at you. Exactly. It's a love me do. It's a love I'm, me do. Exactly. I'm pointing, I'm pointing at my hair for the for the listener who can't see me. It's a love me do. A love me do. Exactly. Yeah. Love, and so love, love me do. do. You know I love you. So please Ah, oh, that see? Ha <laughs> ha They had terrible love me do's though. I mean you well but look at what happened. Everybody cut their hair like the Beatles. Immediately. As soon as they came to the States. You're not wrong. You might be on to something. I might now. be on to something. Me do, love me do is a haircut? Yeah. But, but it's not gonna, even like a haircut. No, it's a specific haircut. But we're going to save this Beatles heat, Alex. We're going to save it for next week. We're going to talk some serious Beatles next week. Because I do, I feel like I've gotten a bad rap. I do appreciate the Beatles. Uh, and, and I do like a good amount of their work. I just, I just don't like the Beatles. So. No, that's, that makes sense. That's fair. Like so, I said, I found out that I don't really like the Beatles either. I like 17 songs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But hey, these people, they could have been anywhere in the world, but they took their time to be here with us. We appreciate that. Make sure you're checking us out on all of our social media platforms. We're out there. We're, we're even going toe-to-toe with larger networks saying, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And if yeah. you don't, and if you haven't been on Twitter, you haven't seen me take the piss out of another publisher. So you need to be there, and you need to see that. So get on yeah. Twitter, follow us, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, all that biz. It's coming. YouTube's on its way. Don't trip. But for this edition, this episode of my show with Alex and Jake, good night, universe. Podcast. Okay.